Hello and welcome to our London History Podcast, where we share our love of London, its people, places and history. It's designed for you to learn things about London that most Londoners don't even know. I am your host, Hazel Baker, qualified London tour guide and CEO and founder of londonguidedwalks.co.uk. Each episode is supported by show notes, transcripts, photos and further reading, all to be found on our website. Click on londonguidedwalks.co.uk, podcast, and then select the episode that you fancy. And if you enjoy what we do, then you'll love our guided walks and private tours that we offer throughout the year. As the vibrant hues of autumn leaves begin their graceful descent towards the earth and a distinctive chill permeates the air, there's an undeniable sensation that the season of witches, ghouls and the unexplained is drawing nigh. Halloween is indeed on the horizon and I've tailored our latest episodes to captivate your imagination while simultaneously sending an unsettling chill down your spine. Our podcast series has previously delved into an eclectic range of supernatural subjects that have enthralled our devoted listeners. You may recall episode 28, in which we unwrapped the eerie tale of the ghost of Cock Lane, a story that gripped 18th century London. Or perhaps you tuned in for episode 69, where we explored the fascinating yet tragic life of the spectral existence of the Victorian actor, William Terrace. And who could forget the grim spectacle detailed in episode 92 as we scrutinise the gruesome history of public executions of London? Today, however, we shall embark on a unique voyage a subterranean exploration into the bowels of London's underground network. Although it may be the lifeblood of this pulsating metropolis enabling the ceaseless movement of its residents, it's also a repository of haunting tales and spectral presences. While the spectral inhabitants may not outnumber the daily commuters, they most certainly make their presence felt from Bank Station's mourning black nun to the eerie, unexplained noises echoing through Bethnal Green's labyrinth corridors. Each station is a vault, holding in its dark recesses secrets and stories that are simply beginning to be unveiled. Fear not, I shall be including some of the most interesting facts about each station too, so hopefully this episode has something for everyone. So... I invite you to recline in your favourite chair, dim the ambient lighting to a mere flicker, if you dare, and accompany us as we traverse the labyrinth passageways of London's famed underground system. It is here, in this subterranean world, that the threads of history and the paranormal are intricately woven together, painting a mesmerising yet spine-chilling tapestry of a city that is as active in the realm of the spectral as it is among the living. Our first stop is Bank Station, one of the most complex interchanges in the London underground system, featuring a network of tunnels and subways that connect four different lines the Central, Northern, Waterloo and City, and the DLR. 
The complexity isn't just due to the number of lines in the station itself, but it's an architectural wonder, featuring a blend of various design elements accumulated over its long history. While many of you may navigate through Bank Station as part of your daily commute or occasional trips, how many of you are aware that you might not be the only sort of passenger frequenting its labyrinth corridors? Yes, indeed, Bank Station, renowned for its historical richness and architectural complexity, has also garnered attention for its unusually high level of spectral activity. The station stands at the very pinnacle of haunted locations within the London Underground System. The paranormal activity level is classified as extremely high, a categorisation that should not be taken lightly. The figure that frequents Bank Station is known as the Black Nun and is one of the most frequently cited apparitions in the annals of Bank Station's otherworldly occurrences. Cloaked in flowing, dark garments, this spectral woman is often seen meandering through the convoluted tunnels that make up the station. Commuters and station staff alike describe her as an elusive presence, forever out of reach and vanishing the moment one attempts to make direct eye contact with her. The Black Nun is typically described as a sombre figure, enveloped in dark clothing, resembling monastic attire. Her presence is usually fleeting, appearing at the peripherals of one's vision and disappearing just as quickly, almost as if she's a fragment of a long-forgotten memory trying to break through to the conscious world. Accompanying her visual apparition are often reports of an unexplained fetid smell, reminiscent of decay or stagnant water, This odour is inconsistent but occurs frequently enough to have been noted by numerous witnesses. Moreover, a heavy atmosphere of sorrow seems to envelop the space she occupies, affecting even those who may not have directly witnessed her form. Soft footsteps echoing in empty corridors, whispered conversations in hushed tones and Indistinct murmurs contribute to the auditory phenomena associated with the Black Nun. These auditory cues are often reported during the less populated hours of late night or early morning, adding to the station's eerie reputation. The narrative behind the Black Nun is tinged with historical sorrow. It's believed that she endlessly mourns for her executed brother, an unfortunate soul who was once an employee at a bank situated on the site where Bank Station is now. There is posit that her restless spirit remains anchored to this locale, perhaps as a manifestation of her unending grief. The accounts are not merely law or hearsay, they come from credible witnesses. Maintenance and security staff who perhaps know the station better than anyone else. They've shared their personal experiences, ranging from unsettling feelings of being watched or even capturing visual apparitions on CCTV cameras. This has led to a notably higher number of transfer requests among the staff assigned at Bank Station compared to other stations within the network. A variety of independent studies and paranormal investigations have sought to corroborate these claims, 
Employing sophisticated equipment like electronic voice phenomena, EVP, devices and thermal cameras. Several of these studies have lent credibility to the common reports, making it a subject of intrigue, even for the scientific community. The station may be named after the Bank of England, but the area boasts a much older lineage. Artefacts and remnants of Roman architecture have been discovered during construction and renovations, implying that the region around bank and monument stations might once have been part of the Roman settlement of Londinium, more of which can be listened to in episode number one, an introduction to Roman London. A concealed graveyard exists close to Bank Station, specifically under the site where the Bank of England stands. The churchyard of St Christopher Le Stocks was subsumed by the bank's expansion in 1781. Far from being eradicated, the graveyard was respectfully integrated into the garden of the Bank of England. It wasn't until later, in the 1930s, the graves were transferred to Nunhead Cemetery when the Bank of England was rebuilt. Our next stop is Farringdon Station. Farringdon Station has the distinction of being one of the oldest railway terminals in London. It was originally opened as Farringdon Street Station in 1863 as part of the Metropolitan Railway, the world's first underground railway line. And you can hear more of that in episode 88, the world's first underground railway. The current station building was designed by architect Charles Walter Clark and opened in 1922. The structure displays elements of Edwardian architectural style and has retained several of its original features. Farringdon serves as a key interchange between the London Underground, the Thameslink National Rail Services and also Crossrail, known as also Elizabeth Line, and it's expected to become one of the London's most well-connected stations, especially with London Museum reopening. Farringdon Station is not for the faint of heart, however, particularly for those intrigued in the paranormal. The station stands on top of site with a dark history that reached back to the 17th century. It was a hub for travellers today. It remains haunted by Anne Naylor, a young girl who met a tragic fate. This is a narrative filled with tragedy haunting manifestations and indelible traces that history leaves in its wake. The story revolves around Anne Naylor, a young apprentice in the hat-making trade who met a grim fate at the hands of her employers back in 1758. The gruesome detail that adds a layer of eeriness in this story is that her lifeless body was discarded right where Farringdon Station would later come to stand. But let's first talk about the auditory manifestations that add an aura of the supernatural to Farringdon Station. The most recurrent of these are blood-curdling screams that have been reported echoing through the tunnels and platforms. These aren't your average sounds of a busy, bustling underground station. These are screams that send shivers down your spine. Alongside this... Whispers are occasionally heard. Imagine 
being a late-night commuter or a station worker and hearing soft, unexplained whispers floating through the air. The sound spectrum at this station certainly seems to vibrate on a otherworldly frequency. Moving into sensory manifestations, these have been multiple accounts of sudden and unexplained drops in temperature. These icy patches often correlate with the areas where the infamous screams are usually heard. Add to this olfactory phenomena a musty, decayed scent that wafts through the station, particularly during the quieter late-night hours. It's as though the station itself is exuding an aura of unease. Witness accounts corroborate these strange occurrences. Station workers have detailed odd happenings during their shifts, especially in the later hours when human activity dies down. Moreover, paranormal investigators who have ventured into the station have reported capturing EVP, which including recordings of these mysterious screams and whispers. There are also anomalies that defy straightforward explanations. Flickering lights, disturbances in surveillance camera feeds and even glimpses of orbs and shadowy figures have been reported, often coinciding with the aforementioned screams. It comes as no surprise that Farringdon Station's hauntings have made it a subject of fascination in various forms of media – There have been numerous articles, books and even documentaries focusing on these paranormal activities, enriching London's already complex tapestry of history and mystery. So next time you find yourself at Farringdon Station, especially if it's late at night, you might want to be extra attentive to the sounds and sensations around you. Who knows? You might just hear or feel the lingering presence of our nailer. A young life cut short, whose spirit many believe still wanders the station's tunnels. And if you'd like to learn more about Anne Naylor, then join me on my Bleeding Hearts and Body Parts tour, which starts, quite conveniently, at Farringdon Station. Follow the gap between the train and the platform. Our next stop, Bethnal Green. Bethnal Green Station, which was opened on the 4th of December 1946, is part of the Central Line. Despite its construction starting in the 1930s, the station's opening was delayed due to the onset of the Second World War. Designed by architect Charles Holden, Bethnal Green Station is a prime example of the modernist architectural style, featuring an aesthetically distinct cylindrical glass entrance. Its architecture makes it a standout feature in the landscape of London underground stations. Bethnal Green is one of the busiest stations of the Central Line, especially given its proximity to local attractions and venues. It serves as a major transit point for those visiting Victoria Park, the Museum of Childhood, or taking a stroll along the nearby Regent's Canal. Bethnal Green Station isn't your everyday tube station. It's steeped in a history that's not just fascinating, but also incredibly sombre. During the Second World War, 
tube stations often served as shelters during air raids, and Bethnal Green was no different. However, it became the site of a tragedy that left an indelible mark on its walls as well as its aura. Picture this. It's 1943 and the air raid sirens have just gone off. A panic-stricken crowd rushes into Bethnal Green Station seeking sanctuary. In the chaos, someone trips on the stairs. What follows is a catastrophic stampede. When the dust settles, 173 people, including many women and children, are found dead. Not from the bombs above, but from the crush of bodies below. Since that tragic evening, the station has been anything but ordinary. Passengers and station staff alike report hearing haunting cries of women and children, especially during the quiet hours. The screams often begin softly, almost like whispers, but then crescendo into an overwhelming cacophony. Imagine standing there late at night, only to be enveloped by a symphony of echoing cries. Some say it feels as though the station is reliving that horrendous night over and over again. Many have ventured down to Bethnal Green in search of these spectral sounds and several have come away convinced that the station serves as a monument not just to architectural or engineering feats but also to the souls that were lost that fateful night. This auditory haunting continues to intrigue paranormal investigators who often descend into the depths of Bethnal Green hoping to capture these haunting echoes on their audio equipment. But, as with all tales of haunting, we can never be entirely sure what it is that causes these phenomena. Is it the imprint of the past, forever grained in the walls of Bethnal Green Station that you're hearing? Or could it be something more inexplicable, a mysterious dimension of reality that we're yet to understand? While we may not have the answers, it is clear that Bethnal Green Station remains one of the most compelling examples of paranormal activity on the London Underground. What's the gap between the train and the platform? Our next stop, Covent Garden. One of Covent Garden's station's most distinguishing features is its Edwardian architecture. Designed by architect Leslie Green, the station opened in 1907 with the characteristic oxblood glazed terracotta facade which has become emblematic of early 20th century London underground stations. Perhaps the most infamous feature of Covent Garden station is its 193 steps. That's equivalent to a 15-storey building. There are signs which warn passengers about the exhausting climb, suggesting the use of lifts instead, but some choose to test their endurance, often regretting it after a couple of flights. Covent Garden Station sees a tremendous amount of foot traffic. Prior to COVID-19, the station had an annual footfall of around 16 million passengers, making it one of the busiest stations for tourists due to its proximity to various landmarks and entertainment venues. 
The station is relatively shallow compared to other London Underground stations, with its platform situated just 16.2 metres below ground level. Covent Garden Station is a location with moderate to high paranormal activity that has left both commuters and station staff alike feeling rather uneasy. So who is this spectral resident of Covent Garden Station? Well, the ghost is widely believed to be none other than William Terrace, a Victorian actor of some renown. Picture this, a tall figure clad in a hat and cloak, a distinct old-world charm around him. That's how he's often described by these fortunate or perhaps unfortunate enough to encounter him. What makes the story of William Terrace truly intriguing is his connection to a bakery that once stood on the very site where Covent Garden Station was later built. Terrace was known to frequent this bakery during his lifetime and it seems his affinity for the location persisted even in the afterlife. This isn't your run-of-the-mill haunting. This is a ghost with a penchant for places that held meaning for him while he was still among the living. Perhaps one of the most striking elements of this haunting is the olfactory experience. Many have reported a sudden whiff of cologne wafting through the air, seemingly out of nowhere. Given that Terrace was known for his elegance and style, it's hardly surprising that his ghostly manifestation would also be accompanied by his signature scent. And let me assure you, the aroma isn't constant. It comes and goes, often when least expected, adding an unsettling but fascinating layer to this tale. Now, if you happen to find yourself at Covent Garden Station, whether you're waiting for a train or simply exploring the area, be aware. If you catch that unexpected scent of cologne, or perhaps feel the fleeting presence of a tall man in a cloak, remember the tale of William Terrace, forever etched in the fairy fabric of Covent Garden's history, seemingly unwilling to exit the stage just yet. If you'd like to know more about the actor William Terrace, then tune into episode number 92, which tells you all about his growing up, the performances, how he actually got to where he was, including how he was very violently murdered. If you'd like to know more about Covent Garden in the Victorian era, then you're very welcome to join me on a Victorian Covent Garden tour, starting at Charing Cross and ending at Covent Garden Piazza 90 minutes later. Follow the gap between the train and the platform. We have reached our final destination. That is all for now. I will save for another time the eerie station worker in overalls, the mysterious woman who boards trains but never disembarks, or the Roman construction workers. Until next time. (laughs) 